Are you ready for the word? All right, open up whatever you use for a Bible. And we, by the grace and faith of God, are going to finish chapter 14 today. Or your money back. I say that before the offering. All right, Romans chapter 14, we're going to go from verse 17 down to the end of the chapter, verse 23. Let's read. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat or drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith, and whatever is not from faith is sin. So let's pray over our spiritual meal. Father, we thank you for the word of God that's already blessed, and we're going to open our heart and receive it by faith and be nourished by it. Father, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you. You're the divine teacher. And as I speak, I ask you to teach and that you would anoint the eyes, ears, and heart of each person listening and anoint them and open them and cause them to see, hear, and understand what the Lord is saying. Father, we thank you for ministering this word to each individual person exactly how they need it, that they hear from you today and walk away with what they need. Only you can do this miracle, and I believe it's happening right now in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go back to verse 17, start unpacking this. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in this chapter, chapter 14, is really talks a horizontal chapter, talking about your relationships with other Christians, with the world and towards other people. The first eight chapters had to deal vertically between you and God. And so we found out that we were saved by grace, sanctified by grace, filled with the Holy Spirit. We have a ministry call. But then in chapter 12, it just goes horizontal and really talks about our relationships with one another. Because you didn't get a private rapture when you got saved. You were left here. Why were you left here? Because you have a commission. You have an assignment, a unique assignment using your gifts, your personality. I know it's unique personality, but God can use that. And he wants to use those unique gifts and callings of God on your life to be a billboard for Jesus to reach the world in a unique way. And so you have it a job to do. Tell someone you have a job to do. Amen. Don't sit down yet. So praise God. Well, you are. So praise God. And so, so this is really talking about getting along with people. And so getting along with people. Think the ministry would be so much easier if it wasn't people. But ministry is people. And so ministry sometimes is dancing with porcupines. It's a little sticky. But you know what? We have to learn to get along with people. Tell someone you need to get along with people. <clears throat> you know... There's a, there's a couple of marriages that just got ministered to right there. Praise God. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. And so this, this chapter started out with doubtful things. And so what about things that are not listed as sin in Scripture? 
And so those are things that we come across not really talked about in Scripture. So what can we participate in? What shouldn't we not participate in? And we found out that we need to be guided by the principles of the Word, and the Holy Spirit applies the principles of the Word specifically to our lives. But those are areas to where that's for us and our conviction, but we're not to preach it as law to other people. And we talked about different areas. And so some in this early church, in this, they thought they still could, uh, they still should not be eating pork and different foods, items they were not supposed to be eating. They were still coming out of legalism. Some Christians got the revelation of grace that that bacon is really good and it's fine. That BLT is fine. That pork chop's fine. That's, that shrimp is good. But the other ones had not, had not come out of legalism. But we can apply that in many areas. There are so many Christians still coming out of legalism. And still there is a little bit of legalism in most of us. Don't look at me so sanctified and holy. And, but the areas of legalism we're blind to. So you think, I don't have any legalism until, some, until someone steps on your legalistic foot. And you're like, oh, and so, anyway, we can all grow in this thing. And so, so we're not to judge one another. We're not to look down and despise one another. And so this is really talking about eating and drinking. It's talking about, you know, not eating something that's going to cause someone else to be offended or drink something that other people feel it's wrong. And so the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, I like the King James where it says... Um, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, what's the difference between Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost is more Pentecostal. <laughs> Holy Ghost, ah! And it just sounds more lethal. I just, so I, I like Holy Ghost sometimes. But anyway, same Greek word, pneuma, where you get spiritual breath. Okay. But the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. And so the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking natural food and drink. It's about eating and drinking of Christ. That's what the communion is all about. And so the kingdom of God is not about expressing your liberty or legalism, but manifesting the fruit of Jesus. And so look at Luke 17, 21. Luke 17, verse 21. It says, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is... Within you. Tell some of the kingdom of God's within you. Really? Yes. If you're born again, if you're not, we'll sign you up after the end of service. But if you're born again, raise your hand if you're born again, the kingdom of God is within you. Tell someone, let it out. That's the, that's the goal of the Christian life, is to let what's on the inside out. And so, but it's, but it's not food and drink, but it's righteousness. Say righteousness, righteousness. Peace, peace, joy, joy. and the Holy, Ghost. the Holy Ghost. There you go, Pentecostal. <laughs> Look at the word righteousness. I love this Greek word righteousness. Yeah, you know, raise your hand if you've heard it as right standing. That's, that, that's good. But actually, if you look it up in a Greek dictionary, a Greek lexicon, a lexicon is not a little green guy. It's an it's a original language dictionary. If you look it up, this is the definition. The state of being as one ought to be. Ask someone, are you just as you ought to be? 
And some people are like, yeah, mm, I don't want to be hit by lightning in the church. Well, well, what did you look to if you said no to yourself, to your performance? Righteousness is not what you do. Righteousness is who you are. It's identity. And so we need to renew our mind. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because we're so sweet, we're so wonderful. I know you're sweet, but not that sweet. But you are been made that way by the gift of grace. And you've been born again with the nature and life of God on the inside of you. So you have that nature in your spirit, man. So you're just as you ought to be. Tell someone you're just as you ought to be. Then don't let it get to your head. You see, you, when you let it get to your head, you know you're just saying, I don't understand grace. Because you think it's about something I'm doing. I'm all that in a bag of chips. Well, that's full of hot air then. <laughs> it's a gift. Righteousness, peace. Say peace. peace. And joy. joy. All three are fruit, are, are, are inner realities, but they also are fruit to be manifested. Do you mean righteousness is a fruit that I need to manifest? Mm-hmm. Look in James. Look in James chapter 3. Look at verse 18. James 3.18 says, Now the fruit, say fruit, fruit of righteousness. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So your righteousness, that your identity of righteousness on the inside is supposed to be manifested outwardly by fruit. And peace is fruit. Matter of fact, out of all the fruit of the Spirit, I think peace may be my favorite. Have you ever just had supernatural peace? And then you went to church. <laughs> and you met Sister Bucketmouth, Brother Flip-a-Lip. But no, peace. That, that's the fruit you should be bearing. You should be peaceful. Are you peaceful? Uh, and, and joy. You know, Christians should have joy. Their face ought to be notified. You're not baptized in persimmon juice. Give someone a smile offering. Sometimes it's a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of joy. But that fruit's on the inside of you. But it needs to be expressed to other people. Fruit, is that for you to eat? Your fruit. Don't eat your own fruit. How selfish can you get? Eat your own, oh, I ate all my fruit up. No, your fruit's for other people to partake of. When you're at work and everybody else is all upset about the boss and situations and you have joy, and someone just walks by and says, can I just be by you? You're so joyful. They come by, you know, you have such peace about you. Joanne talked... People talk about Joanne all the time, how she's such peace. People just come over and, and just stand by her cubicle. So I just want to be, be with you. And they just eat. They eat the fruit. You're so loving. They finally go, what is it about you? Let me tell you about Jesus. The vine that produces it. The kingdom of God is not about externals that sustain us from the outside, food and drink, about what you have, what you get, what you obtain. The, the, the power of the Christian life is that we are sustained 
from the inside, not the outside. We're sustained from the life of Jesus on the inside, not on everything being right on the outside. If your joy is connected to everything being right and everybody treating you right and no one saying anything wrong and everything going your way, that's not joy, that's happiness. Happiness is, comes from the word hap, happenstance. It just, it just things happen to go your way. Well, how often have you experienced a day when everything and everyone acted just as they ought to have acted? God hasn't got that day. Don't look around. But you can have joy in the midst. I don't care what it is. That's the power of a spirit-filled Christian bearing fruit. You can drop them in any environment. Hostile, a wilderness, a good place, bad place, and they can draw from Christ within them and bear fruit. They can be martyred. They can be persecuted. They can be in any country. They can be in any culture. And they can have joy. They can have peace if they're in the will of God. Uh, I love this verse in Psalms 92.12. Psalms 92.12 says, The righteous, raise your hand if that's you, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Tell someone you're a palm tree. You have some nuts. You know, you're kind of nuts up here, but that's fine. But you're a palm tree. You know, a palm tree is different than almost every other tree on earth. Almost all trees get their sustenance through their bark. And so, so nutrients come up through the bark, up to the branches and the tree. But you know, you can kill almost every tree by wringing it. What does that mean? You cut a circle through the bark of a tree all the way down to where the, the nutrients cannot come up. They stop, but they can't. You can kill a tree by wringing it. Almost every tree. A palm tree, you can't kill it by wringing it because it gets its sustenance to its core. So let me say this. A Christian Christian can take a ringing and keep on singing. You know what? In Philippians 4, I love this passage in Philippians 4. Look at verse 11. Philippians 4, look at verse 11. Because there's ups and downs in, in life. And, our, and if you're a carnal Christian, you're going to go up when it's up, down when it's down, up and down with circumstances. But you're not called to go up and down with circumstances, but to stay steady. But I want you to see Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Paul learned something. And so Philippians 4, 11. And so look at this first verse. It says, that now that, not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned... Say learn. Paul learned something. Raise your hand if you've come from a different state than Colorado. Now, now you can put it down. Now, who was not so excited about it being cold all the time? Okay. Who, who really misses the state that you were from? You really, you like that? Okay. So you struggle with that. Well, here's a verse that God's going to give you to help you. Okay, let's read. It says, not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned in whatever state I am, 
I'm in to be content. That's a scripture for you. You may have to hang on to that when it's snowing. Now, will you guys play a little game with me? Okay, so this side is the upside. This side is the downside. See, you got it right there. You, you showed that you are. Okay. All right, so when I mention an up word, that's an up circumstance or a positive circumstance to be in, I want you to go yell out, up. Okay, one, two, three. That's good. Now, when I mention a down circumstance, a downer, it's not, it's just, you know, what we call negative. So you're going to shout out down. One, two, three. Not as good as this, but you're down. So anyway, all right. Okay, you ready? All right. And I'm the orchestra leader. Not that I speak in regard to need. I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, to abound, and to suffer need. Up, up, down, down, up, up, down. Circumstances of life. But are you up and down, up and down? It's what I call a yo-yo Christian. Tell someone, don't be a yo-yo. But verse 13 says, I can do all things. No, it doesn't say that. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me from the inside, the core. Well, I just can't do that. Well, yeah, you're right. But don't end there. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You just told me you're not trusting Jesus. Tell someone to trust Jesus. There's ups and downs of life. You know, in, in ships of the ancient world, uh, most of them at some point ended up in shipwreck, especially the ones across the ocean. At some point, a ship was going to go down. And <laughs> well, you're an up. You missed it, and he got it. He's in the spirit, and you got it. Almost all the ancient ships at some point would wreck and capsize because the oceans would toss it over. Until an, until an invention came called the gyroscope. Now, a gyroscope is a big, giant wheel that you would put in the belly of a ship, and it would spin. I don't know if you've ever in a science class where you had a wheel spinning and and you tried it in a briefcase or something, and you couldn't, like, swing it because that wheel was keeping it steady. Couldn't, like, kick it over because it was like, whoa, what's keeping that thing steady? That wheel was going so fast on the inside, it was called a gyroscope. So whenever a ship would have that gyroscope, whenever waves would try to hit it from the side or, or try to raise it up too high or go down too low, it kept steady through there. And, and guess, but guess what? As a Christian, you have a spiritual gyroscope down deep in your belly called the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as you meditate the word and pray in tongues, 
the thing spins and spins and spins and spins. And I don't care that whatever happens, you won't go too high in the good times. You won't go too low in the bad times. The things you won't veer to the right, won't veer to the left. You'll stay steady. Tell someone stay steady. The kingdom of God is not obtaining outward things like food and drink, but giving others the fruits of righteousness, joy, and peace. Have you given others the gift of fruit lately? That's the first verse. I better pick up my speed. Verse 18. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Serves Christ in what things? Righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Do you know when you bear fruit, you're serving Jesus? When you're serving other people, you're serving Jesus. When you're ministering to his body, you're ministering to Jesus, the head. So, we serve Jesus by serving one another. We build up his body instead of tearing it down. Raise your hand if you know you're called to build the body up, not tear it down. Good. When we manifest the fruit of righteousness, peace, and joy horizontally to others, we're serving Jesus. And says, when we do this, he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God. Not a good translation. Raise your hand if you know you're accepted by the blood of Jesus. Even on your bad days. Your bad hair days. Even when you don't act so lovely all the time. He still accepts you. That's grace. This Greek word is not the word for accept, be accepted. It's the Greek word which means to be well-pleasing. Well-pleasing. Do you know as a Christian you're accepted 24-7, but you're not always pleasing? Okay, parents, raise your hand. You always accept your child, but have they always been well-pleasing in what they did? Case in point. Well, how do I know that, that there's, a, there's a difference between being acceptable to God and being pleasing? It says without faith, it's impossible to please him. We're not always walking in faith. So, so our goal is to be well-pleasing to the Lord. And so how are you going to bear fruit? Walk in faith. Trust Jesus. When you look to Jesus and say, you know what? Uh, I can't love that person that's being unlovely right now. But I can through you who strengthens me. So I'm asking for the grace of your strength right now. And then all of a sudden you act on that. And his love pops in and comes online. And you're able to treat them in genuine kindness, genuine. Fr- that's when you're well-pleasing. He said, that's my boy. He's manifesting me to other people. Raise your hand if you want to be, well, you want to be well-pleasing. The word acceptable here is not a good translation. It means well-pleasing. But look at the word, and approved by men. That Greek word means to be accepted. To be accepted by men. Guess what? God accepts you through the blood of Jesus, but people accept you by what you do. I'm just, that's how it is, guys. This horizontal world we live in is not governed by grace and faith. (gasps) I just sucked the air out of the room. I think a lot of grace, grace and faith Christians today don't understand that principle. They think the same principles that govern their vertical relationship with God governs the natural world, and it does not. 
What is the governing principle horizontally in the earth? Sowing and reaping. You want to get you want to learn that the hard way? Don't show up to work for 3 days. Go have a vacation. Don't let your boss know. Come back and you'll find a very lovely piece of paper. It's pink. And then you ask, "What what's this pink thing here for?" You're fired. What do you mean I'm fired? I'm the righteousness of God. <laughs> Holy, forgiven, blessed. Well, I you so work, you reap wages. You're sitting in your house watching TV and the lights go out. Is there a brownout, blackout? And your cell phone still have energy in it and you call the, the electric company and say, hey, is there a blackout in my area? He says, no, you haven't paid your bill. <laughs> I'm a king's kid. <laughs> Holy, righteous, forgiven. Well, I don't care. You sow money, you reap electricity. You decide to sleep on, sleep on, with your secretary. Your wife finds out. Ask, well, what, what did you do here? And you, well, I'm righteous. <laughs> Holy, righteous, and forgiven. What is she going to do to your righteous face? <laughs> it needs to be slapped. You tell Johnny, your kid, you're gonna go, we're going to go take you to the zoo on Saturday. All week, what is he doing with his little toy animals? He's excited. You get up on Saturday. It's a beautiful day outside. You're like, you know what? I'm playing golf. You play golf all day long, came home later that evening, and that, to a devastated boy crying, <laughs> Johnny, what's the matter? You should, you can, zoo! <laughs> Look at Daddy, Johnny. Daddy's righteous. <laughs> Didn't work that way. You got to sow the fruit of the Spirit. And how do you do that? Trust Jesus. Verse 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things which may edify one another. This word pursue is the same Greek word as to persecute. It means to hotly pursue, used in persecution. What does that mean? That peace in relationships isn't something that just happens by itself. You're going to have to pursue peace with other people. What if someone robbed you and you saw them running off and you're saying, well, I'm in hot pursuit. How, how would that work if you pursued your wife your wife to be when you were dating that way. <sighs> Woo! <laughs> That's what it looks like to pursue. Are you? No. I I need too much water. <laughs> I probably won't be able to do that in second service. So. You get the best in the first service. Are you doing that to get peace in your life? Peace is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Then it says, therefore, 
Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which you may edify. That means to build up, build up a house. You know, believers are all living stones being built up into God's spiritual temple. We're inhabited by the God through the Spirit. And every one of us is in charge of building up the house of God. Look in Ephesians 4, look at verse 16. Ephesians 4, 16 says, From whom the whole body, joined and knit together, by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working, by what every part, say every part. part. Tell someone you have a part. Every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so you have a part to edify one another. There's some Christians tear down other Christians. When you're gossiping about other people and you're talking bad about them, you're tearing them down. Well, they don't hear me. That's still spiritually uh, not a good thing. We build up people by our words and our actions, our service towards them. Look at verse 20. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats an offense. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of your BLT. And you're over at another Christian, and they're still having legalism in Leviticus. And you bring over your BLT. Watch me. Don't destroy the work of God. You know the work of God is... The work of God is building his church. Look in Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I, say I, I. will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. When we judge, condemn, gossip, or proudly look down on our brothers and sisters, we're actually working against Jesus. Tell someone, don't work against Jesus. It's not polite. Food. Don't destroy the work of God over your BLT or your Bud Light. It's, it's light beer, Pastor. Or your wine. Well, let's, I'm having a wine at dinner, and that's fine between me and the Lord. But you know what? Your other brothers and sisters are offended by that because they think it's wrong. Or what about unbelievers that know you're a Christian and unbelievers think that Christians shouldn't be drinking at all? And it's all cultural because there's some countries that it's common everybody drinks a glass of wine with them. So you've got to be careful. Where are you? What culture are you in? Who are you around? You've got to be observant because you're not an island to yourself. You're here to be a witness to people, to help people. Ah, all things indeed are pure. I'm going to claim that for my drug use. All things are pure. Well, it's very important that you take Scripture in context. Context. In context, what is the context here? He's talking about food and drink. He's talking about food. He says all things are pure. And we know Jesus claimed everything's pure when he lowered the sheet with all those animals that were no-nos under the law. He said, slay and eat, Peter. 
nothing to be refused, and so all food is pure. You pepperoni pizza lovers. Someone had a witness over here. Yes. With sausage and pineapple. I have a witness. She's in the spirit. But we want to take things out of context, lift off part of a verse to use for our own fleshly carnal uses. That's the same thing in 1 Corinthians 6.12 when it says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought into the power of any. That was a mantra used in the early church. All things are lawful for me, but it was always in the context of foods. Not marijuana or, or, or uh, cocaine or meth or any of these other things, illicit sex or whatever. You know, all things are lawful. No, no, it's talk, in context, talking about the food, different foods. Well, how do I know it had to do with foods? Because look at the next verse in context. Verse 13 says foods. See that? Foods. Foods for the stomach and stomach for the foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Oh, man. But we're still going to get to eat. That's awesome. But the body's not made for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Talking about, in the context, I'm talking about foods. 1 Corinthians 10, 23, it's repeated again. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Read the next two verses. Let no one seek his own, but as the one for others' well-being. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market. Talking about food. So, again, this verse says, Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure. That's talking about food, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. What does that mean? That you're going to flaunt your bacon or things that other people can't eat, don't think they can eat, and, and you offend them, you cause them to stumble. Verse 21, it is, it is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. It's good neither to eat meat or drink wine. So you know what? I'm just not going to have that bacon in front of them. I'm not going to have that glass of wine. Bless God, I'm not going to be moved by all the legalism around me. Well, you're strong in faith, aren't you? But you're weak in love. I'd rather be weak in faith than weak in love. That's because God is love. The word offended, we get the word scandal from. To put a stumbling block or an impediment. It is pitiful for us to put out food and wine and cause someone to trip over them. When you're strong in faith and try to convince a weak brother that something they think is wrong is actually right, then you're leading them away from their trust in God in order to trust you. If they think something is wrong in God's eyes, it's up to God to talk to them about that issue, not you. We should never sway anyway from their loyalty to God to become loyal to our beliefs. And then they're made weak, even weaker, because you destroy their conscience. Verse 22, do you have faith? Raise your hand. 
you have faith. Have it to yourself before God. If you feel a glass of wine is okay at dinner, have it to yourself before the Lord. Now, some of the people are judging me already. Pastor, you ought to be preaching against having any alcohol at all. I can't, I can't preach against something the scripture doesn't say. Now, drunkenness is a sin. And getting buzzed is being drunk. It's the very first stage of drunk. It's just a buzz, Pastor. You're drunk. One hour conception, you're pregnant. It's at the very beginning. Hasn't really manifested too much, but it's the start. Well, I just need to relax after a hard day because life is tough. Why don't you go to God? It says in Ecclesiastes, my, my love is better than wine. Get into his presence. There's no high like the most high. Get into worship and praise and glorify God. You'll experience praying tongues, for this is the refreshing. There's no condemnation from the Lord. I want to help you. Because one glass starts to two. It starts to three. And then you found yourself trapped. But Jesus has already set you free. You can take your authority over that. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. That means to pronounce an opinion concerning right and wrong or become guilty due to having done wrong. Verse 23. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith for whatever is not of faith and sin. Well, Pastor, what does it mean? He who doubts is condemned. Will God condemn them? Is God condemning them? No, no, no. God's not condemning. There is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Where's the condemnation coming from? Self-condemnation through your conscience. When you violate your conscience, your, your conscience will condemn you. That's why, and then it says if your conscience condemns you, you have no confidence towards God. That's why we need to keep a good conscience before the Lord. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Well, I don't think there were, you know, because of Jesus and he died of all our sins. I didn't even think that there was a possibility of sin anymore. Uh, you're wrong. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are paid for. But Christian, you can still sin. You can still miss it. Tell someone you still may be able to miss it. Now sin doesn't separate you from a holy God because Jesus paid for them. But your sin horizontally can destroy relationships. Like we talked about earlier to Johnny and your wife and your job and your career Sin will eat your lunch. <laughs> but we have victory over sin. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you so much for the word. I thank you, Lord, for what we learned here, Lord. That the kingdom of God is within us.
And it's not about food and drink. It's not about having everything right and what we can get from the outside or a car, home, money, all that stuff. That doesn't satisfy. But what sustains us from the core is the presence of Jesus. And we're to manifest that righteousness, joy, and peace that's in our spirit outwardly as fruit so other people can eat it. Other people can taste that God is good. And the goodness of God will lead them to repentance. So, Father, I thank you that we will take this seriously, that we will, we will focus on meditating the word, praying in the spirit, so that that spiritual gyroscope will spin so fast on the inside of us that nothing affects us. That when things are good, we don't get too high, and then things are down, we don't get too low. We're not moved to the right or to the left. But we prosper in whatever situation we're in, whatever job we're in, whatever relationship we're in, whatever state we're in, we can be content and live from the power of God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Good morning. I hear the Lord saying that I have given you my word so that you would understand your relationship to me. But I have given you my spirit because I've called you into relationship with me. Praise God. <laughs> That's exactly something I was, I was going to share. I, just, <laughs> I feel the Lord, I mean, somebody, you may be getting ready to go to second year at Bible college or the Lord has given you something to come up and share, but you fear of what man may think of what people may think of you. And God has said, I'm the one. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm taking you places. But you need to step up and stop be fearful of what man. So some of you have something that God's want. God's want is just, he just want to stretch you. Or you have something to share for the body, but you're just like so terrified to step out. And God said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you need to break the spirit. Amen. Praise God. As we were singing and Rick was teaching for us to be a light, he, the Lord reminded me of this scripture, Psalm 27, 1 to 3. And I wasn't going to come up, but then it just pressed on me so much that it wasn't just for me. It's for everyone. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and they fall. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Amen. Amen.